Welcome to the Visible Coaches podcast. I'm Angela Durant and you'll meet Anka Herman a little later. Between us, we have 30 years of business experience. We've started and grown our businesses from nothing but an idea, learning to play to our strengths as introverts in what often feels like an extrovert world. If you have ever felt any resistance to how others tell you you have to market yourself or bear your soul on social media just to get clients, then this podcast is for you. We know the unique challenges that introverted coaches face when it comes to selling their services. So if you're ready to learn how to spot those golden opportunities right under your nose, clarify your message, nurture that market and get more business coming your way, all without sacrificing your energy levels or well-being, then plug your AirPods in and let's go. Welcome to the Visible Coaches podcast with Angela and Anka. So the customer journey. If you have or haven't heard of the customer journey, it's really a marketing term that describes the the process that you take a client through from beginning to end, e.g. from A to B or A to Z, depending on the type of work or the program that you are uh, putting out at the time or taking somebody through. But why is it so important? What happens for coaches who are struggling to actually describe and sell that invisible work that they do that happens in some of those deep focused conversations? And why is it so important that if we can't map it out, a a process or a journey for that customer to go through with us, that it's going to be incredibly difficult to sell those invisible, intangible services on the front end? We know that when you get them as a client, you will have deep work with them, you'll do great work, that you you believe that you will do that great work and that you'll help those people enormously. But if we can't describe it on the front end, what that customer map is and what they're going to get when they work with us, it's going to be increasingly hard, even if you've got 30 to 50 leads a week, which is always promised to you by those lovely emails in LinkedIn, etc. Even if you've got all those, it's going to be incredibly difficult to convert somebody. So let's look at the customer journey today, what it is, what it isn't, how you can make use of it. And things that you might not have thought of around it. Anka, we were talking just before we hit record about um, pattern spotting and the importance of it. Um, Do you Mm -hmm. want to start off with, you know, that whole idea of pattern spotting? Um, Because I think that's really important in this journey. Yeah, pattern spotting my favourite topic. (laughs) I think the first piece that comes to mind is what you're saying about the importance, because what I think mapping out a path from A to B helps somebody, because I think when you, I mean, we've all had it, right? Somebody goes, look, I promise you X, you know, like get your bikini body. Like that's usually a classic example or, you know, like, and, and there is a promise and it feels kind of far away. And I think when there's no, look, this is how I'm going to get you there. There is like, yeah, you can talk. Like it feels too far out there. Right? I think the map, mapping the path out for somebody makes this doable. It makes it believable and it gets them a sense like, ooh, this could be possible. And without that, I think it's really, really hard to sell anything. You know, so and yes, that's easier for tangible, you know, for more concrete kind of things. If you say, well, I'll give you a website and then we talk about this and that, you know, it's kind of easier to map out those steps. So it is harder 
when you sell the invisible, no doubt about that, but it doesn't take away the importance. And in my experience, as everything, <laughs> these steps, it, yeah, it's a matter of pattern spotting. And what I mean by that is you can't really sort of sit down with a worksheet and try and figure out your your customer journey all by yourself, right? I find the steps I would, I mean, because I know, because I used to be that person, especially in the tech space, I would argue till the cows come home to say, well, I don't have, like, there is no fixed process. Every person's different. You know, it makes me laugh now thinking about it, but I would argue quite <laughs> enthusiastically until I noticed, well, when somebody comes and they want to create something all of a sudden it's like oh yeah well no wait 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 what's your offer wait 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 what's this and I started to notice that I would ask always the same questions and I noticed how I would always like wait yeah you want to jump here but no we need to kind of cover this bit first and that's how I started to the patterns emerged from the conversations so it wasn't just I didn't see this right out of the gate because it first felt like everybody's different, but over time, and it feels like if you have no idea what your process is, it feels like you haven't got enough, you know, conversations to start for the, for the patterns to start emerge. Yeah, so it's a little bit, it, it, again, it can almost be back to the chicken and the egg, can't I? If I can't get people in the door, then I can't work out what the pattern is. And actually, I think, you know, that's always the age-old dilemma. I think it can easily become an excuse that we are looking for the quicker, easier route to get that into place. When when I think of, uh, you know, my journey, I started in 2008 as a voice coach. And I think I charged about £25 an hour because that's what was being charged by my voice coaches around the area, etc. And that I started, I didn't know where else to start. But I knew that, the, I think I did an advert in a local magazine at the very beginning of the journey. And I might have even said this, I did a local advert. Nobody came from that advert. And I just thought, well, okay, well, that's interesting. That's already telling me that nobody reading this magazine is my target market. I'm not getting anything from it. Nobody's coming. And then I actually found my some directories online, or I think I my husband was close to, you know, because he ran a recording studio and somebody needed some help. And it, I, I often find that those initial clients, those initial people that are going to move you through forward, that you're always connected to them. And this is what a mentor actually said to me once. And I keep, when I get into that tailspin myself of thinking, I can't see the wood for the trees or there's nobody out there who wants my services. What am I going to do? Um, I remind myself of her quote, quote, which was, you are always connected to your next paying client. And as soon as I hear that, I realize that I'm connected to them either personally or indirectly. And indirectly means it could be, you know, via some of the platforms that I'm on. If it's it's generally going to be through another person or some other connection that, that's in there, that but I'm actually connected to them. It's not like I have to do six degrees of separation from the Pope. I'm not trying to get too far down the road where I can't see them. I think it's that we lose sight of uh, asking for those opportunities to work with people 
even at we were talking weren't we even at low low prices for the one-to-one work to start with so that you can get validated on what the heck you are actually doing with two or three or four people that is turning out to be a repetitive process you simply have to get that information um and when we're mapping it out without actually selling it sometimes we map things out so that we think that we're trying to map it out perfectly so that we can sell it and I think that's the very that's the very problem it's a sneaky one is that there's a there's a planning out of what you're going to say to somebody and the milestones that you want to take people through which is what you're talking about pattern spotting and a difference between holding back trying to get it perfect so that it will sell and actually um we've got no guarantees of that i think the best thing is is to dive in at whatever price point you need to work with you know five to ten people even if it's a really low-end cost it's like a total no-brainer but you know but you will validate the process that you go through time and time again and I don't think that's talked about much really is it anchor in the industry it's about selling your worth and high ticket and I I love selling high ticket don't get me wrong after all these years but it's it's not where I started and it's generally not what I've started with whenever I start a new venture either I always do a beta test however long with low priced offers so that I can actually work the process out I I think you're totally right. It's not talked about enough. And I think that's the core of the problem because I always say it messes this kind of stuff. You know, oh, you know, charge your worth and you need to start high ticket and blah, blah, blah. It messes with people's expectations because you can go and put, and I think Steve Chandler puts this nicely. It's like the, the real gauge of how well you're doing is when you're looking at your calendar. Like you can have a 10K offer. If nobody buys it, you've got nothing. And if you've never worked with anybody, you're going to have a very hard time pulling off selling that because as Rich Lippman says, like the first sale is to you. And if you really have any doubts and you will have doubts if you've never delivered it before. So I definitely agree with that approach of charge whatever you can get away with, whatever you can, whatever you can sell. And it doesn't matter how low it is because as you get better, as you get more, clear on those patterns and what is that process that you actually are taking people through even if you're not aware of it in the beginning the clearer you get you know the 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 fuller your calendar is prices go up quite naturally and easily right so that's not that's kind of not the problem i think it's that getting enough people and the chicken and egg thing well yeah yeah, of course. Well, there is this like, okay, if it was easy, everybody would do it. It's the same thing as if you change careers. Try it. Try sending out your resume for a job that you've never done before. It's exactly the same situation. Everybody asks for experience, and you can't get the experience if you don't get the job. So if you've ever pivoted careers, it's exactly the same thing. Yes, it's hard. You need to be kind of quite persistent and keep going until you find somebody who trusts you enough, who's open enough to give you a chance, even though you haven't got the experience to back it up yet. So it will be, you know, it will not be that straightforward, but hell, it's worth it, right? So that's where it's the thing. You know, what you were saying, it's like the first question is always, do you actually really want to build this? Because if you do, then you're going to do what it takes to create those early clients that will help you see the patterns that will help you create your flagship offer. Do you know what? I want to just talk into that about two things that came to mind. One is positioning 
And I think the other one then is permission, isn't it, really, uh, to, 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 to work out an alignment with it. So first of all, around positioning, I think the customer map and the customer journey, understanding those patterns is important, but then mapping them out, I think is about positioning. So even if, you know, transitioning from one career to another and you haven't actually got experience in the new one and what and where's that chicken and the egg you've got to somehow find a way of interrupting that chicken and the egg scenario so that you're not just keeping the revolving door going and I think positioning is the way forward it's like what you know you have experience that are with transferable skills and therefore you can actually you know speak about how that is relevant to the new position at some point that will be you know, somebody will take you up on that. The thing about positioning for me when it comes to the customer journey and pricing at the beginning and getting those early patterns, spotting opportunities, is that I think positioning the price to say to people, this is, you know, I'm, I'm taking 10 clients on at this particular price point with the express understanding is that I'm looking at mapping out a process that I take people through. And so I'm wanting at the end of these 10 clients to map it out. I think if you actually create some context and some positioning around it, people don't see you as the cheap option. It's not about the cheap option. It's not about having a mindset issue about pricing. It's about positioning and actually, you know, coming in and going, this is a great deal. Again, you know, our thing around creating irresistible offers it's a great deal because it's it's catching somebody early on in the working out of that customer map and process before they have had so much of an established set of results that they become exclusive and and higher priced to get hold of and they've built a brand potentially or a bigger business around that so i think it, it's it's important to just make that context and i think if you just look out some different people and different ways of mapping it i think there's there's an internal and external form of this customer journey. So, for instance, you know, if I'm teaching somebody public speaking, I know that it, where are the situations that they have to master as a speaker? If you're, if you're looking to get speaking for business, then you're going to have to master your 60-second pitch. You're going to have to often networking events and looking for a, a talk of 10 to 15 minutes, etc. If you're going to host your own event or webinar, you're probably talking for anything from 30 to 45 minutes, if you're uh, being asked, you know, if you're creating your own course, you're probably talking on video, you know, for several. If you're wanting to create different videos of high quality, you're probably having to become like a presenter, very engaging, very quickly. If you're doing keynote speeches, you're going to have to map that out very differently. So you can see there are different potential milestones that you could look at on the journey to becoming a more impactful or influential speaker. You can get on and get off at any one of those journeys. You you know, any one of those can become a mini customer journey or or a larger customer journey. Um, it's the same, you know, when we started the Visible Club, the, the biggest thing that I learned in, in doing it was where people got stuck. And I think that's an internal thing. So it's both an internal and external thing. So, for instance, if, I, if all I said at the beginning of the Visible Club is the first thing we'll do is we'll sort out your ideal client, I wouldn't even have a client night, right now because every course they'd already taken, the first thing they ever did was let's find out who your ideal client is. And people start to yawn because they go, I've done that exercise a million times, but it's still not working. So we start in with, you know, let's actually look at what you're trying to create in your business 
and also what you've got in place right now, what's been working, what hasn't, what's the message that you're going out with. And we go deeper almost immediately into the places that they've got stuck at and then map out areas of the journey that they need to have in place in order to get greater and more automated visibility as they go through. So it takes a little bit of thought, doesn't it, Anka, as to where, where, what people are potentially needed on the external side if they need it as part of your business, you know, the work that you do with people? Or is it that actually you're not doing dissimilar things to other people, but there's an internal map and you can come at it with fresh and innovative ways to... Uh, look, you know, to have that thing, that journey differently in the marketplace. Totally, totally. And I actually want to come back to what you said before, where it's like if you're in your career, or if you try and change career and you kind of look at those transferable skills, you know, how I think that is often the key to what ultimately makes you your process mm -hmm. unique. Because when I'm looking, it's like, oh, hell yeah, I drag anybody through a software development process right. <laughs> you know because i've seen how software is developed or how dresses are made right and that is very much uh i come through that and i use what i've learned there and seen what's similar there and i'm like well that applies exactly the same to building a business so here are the pieces right so i think that is definitely worth having a look at and and almost yeah then there's the the inner piece it's like the inner like not Piece and that too. But um, there's also there's also like for me there's a clear pattern there. You know when people always slow themselves down because they're constantly like, why am I not there yet? Why isn't this fast enough? I want to have it step by step. Like you know there's certain thoughts that I feel are very common, and so I have a very <laughs> you know predictable answer and predictable way of helping people through those and. And just like that, observing yourself, observing what you do all the time, you know, I think that really, really so, helps. So, Anka, when you are thinking about something new to offer, you know, to the market, new idea, new, new process, you know, a new offer, how do you in your mind go through that mapping out process of what journey you're going to take people on? Where do you start, you know, where, where do you take it in your mind? Do you stop at a certain point? Do you go all the way through it? Where do you take it? And then I'll share where I take mine. Well, it kind of depends on how big the idea is, right? You know, if it's a smaller idea, it's, it's like, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm kind of looking at, okay, how would I explain this to a 10-year-old? You know, so so it's literally like, how would I make this visible to a ten-year-old? How would I get a ten-year-old to drop the video game and pay attention? Yeah, so that's I think something that I kind of you do. And you're at. such a let you you really do let things evolve, which is quite interesting. You see, now I come from, a, and I think this this is two sides of the same coin, which is why it's such a good thing to offer to people because we're not offering you just sort of you know our way or the highway. It's like you have a a creative process of thinking how would you actually explain this to a 10 year old so that they would stop playing their video game and pay attention to what you had to say uh, you know and then there's there's something very evolving around how you then work you know with people um and very creative in the process and very um and start early like get feedback early and often right and iterate yeah. and allow it because i see i'm co-creating even if it's my idea I'm co-creating it. I very much feel I'm a co-creator 
and and it feeds off what the other people you know what people say so i see conversations so i think that is very very helpful for people in the coaching industry because they often think that they you know it's like well how do i describe it i meet with them every week i find out what the challenges are we work on the challenges we meet next week and of course that's really hard to actually put that down as a as a process but what you're really saying is you've had conversations early you've uh, you know you're seeing yourself as a co-creator and therefore you can even describe what you're doing as co-creation whereas actually when I think about the work that I do with people it's very much potentially in the teaching space it's very much in the skill acquisition space um, or, or the get it done space so for instance I know that it's actually easier for me to map out certain things for people because I know in order to get a talk from idea to you know to done on the stage to to idea to delivery there's there's different stages of putting that together of practicing that of getting the slides of you know working out how to memorize certain bits of it how to deliver it so there is a really distinct process with some of the work that I do with people and then with other types of uh, work you know as you with with the with a lot of what you do, it's very much co-creation with, with people. It's almost like trying something out, seeing seeing what works and doesn't, and then making the, the changes. So how do you then describe, when it's that sort of open-ended, iterative process, whereas mine is a little bit more linear and probably easier to map out and easier to describe, how do you describe that co-creation process in a way that maps it out for some of your clients to see the value in even going on that journey? Um, well, that, that's a, yeah, that's a good, <laughs> that's a great one. Because I was just thinking like, oh, well, actually, yeah, I mean, when it comes to how to set up your email list, you know, how to put together an event, oh, yeah, I have like, okay, do this, do that. If I teach you how to make a dress, same thing. But for those iterative, like, co-creation, it, I feel... Words aren't really the best medium to describe, like to communicate it. I find when people have an experience, right, whatever shape that that is, when there's like, even if they if they come to to one of my like networking events, they come to connect and flourish, and we and they have this and they say something, and then I say something, and they say something else, like, oh my god, like where is that like that experience? When they get to experience what happens when you say something and I feed off that, we took the two of us, we do it all the time. You know, one says something, the other one feeds off it and says what, oh, and then basically the next person comes out with something that you would have never been able to come out with by yourself. And that's kind of hard. To, I mean, everybody probably has experienced it, but it's hard to talk about. That stuff gets really easy to communicate when people actually have an experience. So the question there becomes, how can you give people an experience? Like initially, one-to-one, like how can you get yourself into these brainstorming sessions? And then later on, you might find a leveraged way to give people that experience. But I think the question is, you want them to go, oh my God, I can't believe what just came out of this. You know, because then they'll be the ones who say, hey, how can I get yeah. that? Yeah, and I think you'll notice that, won't you? I think that's a great thing, isn't it? Because what that does is it, you will also find within that, if somebody says, you know, how do we work together? Naturally, depending on what 
you know, what they're coming with, you might naturally find containers of six weeks, six days, six months, and that could work for you and them. And I think that's the customer journey in the map as well in there. What is the container that you're going to do this work in, um, in a way that works for them and their time scale and the way they want to learn and the thing that you want to deliver in the way that you want to deliver? Because if they want it as a three-day intensive and you've got to do the school run, that's not going to work. So it's part of that customer journey map is to actually work out what the container is going to be that contains the, the steps and the stages in there as well. I think that's maybe more helpful. And, and be open there. Be a little bit more creative, right? People so often come to me to say, oh, I want to have a six-week program. And I'm like, why? You know, what? where does the six-week come from? You know, if you have, I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't have six weeks. I'm saying you should be able to make a good case for it. Right? I always say, like, kind of treat this like as if you were a lawyer and you were to convince a jury, like, make your case. Give me a reason why this as a group program is better for me as a client. Why four weeks is the right container? Why, you know, and, and don't hold back from trying something totally new, you know, because sometimes like, like if you observe what people are actually need, I struggled with this a lot when, when people are like, oh, I kind of need some help, but not all the time, you know, I need to. So I came out was like, oh, let's call it peace of mind. And you can, Here's the container. You can use it as you want and as you need it at your pace. People love it because it doesn't lock you in, but it's not like nobody, I've never seen anybody do anything like it. So you can get creative. The main objective is to give people what they need in a way that works for you as well. So, you know, kind of think out of the box a bit I like and see how you can transfer what you've maybe seen at dance class or over there at, you know, at the, at the hiking club and see what they do and how you can apply that. I always find when different fields cross mm-hmm. over, that gives some really interesting stuff. So it's something, it's something different. I love that. I love that. Um, and this has probably been a slightly longer podcast to give you so many of that nuance and that conversation, but get creative just because everything out there is six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks as a, as a course does not mean that it's the way for you to deliver your customer's journey with you. And that's ultimately what it is, is the journey that somebody is going to take with you, what's going to be the best version of that that's going to help them get from A to B, deal with A to Z, you know, upskill them from A to B, etc. What is that? And then it's much easier to start to map that out. And before that, you might have to get super creative as to, you know, how to deliver that in a way that does it quicker, easier, better, longer, slower, deeper. That is for you to actually discover the joy, actually, of discovering how to find your own personalized journey map, because that's what people will come to you for. Thank you for being with us. We'll see you again on the next podcast. In the meantime, take care. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Visible Coaches podcast. If you've ever felt the pressure to market yourself in ways that don't align with your true nature, this podcast is your sanctuary. If you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, make sure to subscribe to the Visible Coaches podcast on your favorite platform. And we would really be grateful if you could leave us a review. 
Your feedback means the world to us and it helps us reach more introverted coaches like you. To grab this episode's free resource, visit thevisiblecoachespodcast.com now. That's thevisiblecoachespodcast.com. Let's continue to embrace our introverted strength, create meaningful connections, and make waves in the coaching world. Until next time.